God, I thank you for this online experience. Father, I thank you for a moment to look at your word and to think and to dwell. Um, Father, to think about how to build our lives around your mission, what you've intended us to do. Um, we love you, Jesus. In your name, amen. We're in the middle of grilling and chilling where we're talking about how to, uh, how to be on mission even on everyday things of our lives. And we're grilling and chilling this summer with our friends and our family that we can be on mission. We've looked at how like, the disciples got a little bit racist, got a little bit like, let's call fire down from heaven. And they, and they, and they misunderstood uh, the mission of God. We, we looked at uh, last week how this uh, Jesus w- experienced different people that were saying they're all in, but they really weren't. They didn't, when the mission would cost them, they were like, ah, okay, far enough. I won't go all the way all in. And we, we looked at those things. But think about this. God wants us all in. God wants us on the mission. Is it, isn't it great that God would involve his people in the work of the church? He doesn't have to, but we get to be part of the work of God. But we could also say that in a slightly different tone. Like we can look at it and, be, and scratch our heads. You can think of, we can think of so-and-so and be like, why would God involve us in his work? Like we're clueless. We don't have, like, well, why would he involve us? He just, he should just, he really should just do it himself. Now think about this past Sunday. If you, if you came to our live experience at the church, 9 a.m. on Sundays, if you came here and you, and you drove in, there are three people that helped you park your car. Let me, let me introduce you to them for a second. This is Jameer. He's an eighth grader going in, go, becoming a freshman. So he's going into his freshman year. Now here, here are two other individuals. Uh, this, is, this is Noah uh, and Ving. They're also going to be freshmen at, at uh, High School South right here. Guess what? They were on the parking team. Guess what? They woke up uh, early, got to the church at 7.30 to help uh, a mom who was working our children's area because she went to a wedding the night before. They came in uh, to help her set everything up. High school kids, freshmen. They, and, then they, and then they grabbed vests and they became part of the parking team. Do you, do you see? Do you, they're freshmen. Hey, Noah, do you have a license? Ving, do you got a license? Jameer, you got a license? Nope. They don't have a clue. They might think they have a clue. They don't have a clue how to drive a car. Yet, they helped you drive your car. They pointed you in a direction to help you drive your car without knowing how to drive a car. They didn't have to know how to drive a car to help you out. We have a mission to do. We have to know everything. There are 7 billion people on planet Earth. We need millions and millions of Christians on mission to reach seven billion, like a hundred million Christians to reach seven billion isn't even enough. There are more people being physically born every single day than there are people coming to know Jesus as Lord and Savior. You know what that means? That means the mission field is getting bigger and bigger day by day. We have work to do but we don't think we know enough to go on mission. Yet kids who can't even drive a car can help you park your car. Why do we think 
Jesus' command to go is seasonal. Are we, when we go, are we going the way Christ has intended us to go? Here's where we pick up, and now we're in Luke chapter 10. You can turn there in the app. You can see it down below. You can see it here on the screen. It says, after this, the Lord appointed 72 others. Now this is growing. Others, and sent them on ahead of him, two by two, together, not alone, two by two, together, into every town and place where he himself was about to go. They're going on ahead of him. The big thought for us in this online experience, and we're going we're gonna to dig into this, is this, a critical message necessitates mission-critical understanding. They're going on mission. Jesus is experiencing a, a, a growing ministry. It's a good ministry. It's a great ministry. It's, an, it's, a, it's a ministry that's going to go throughout the generations. And then as it's growing, as it's erupting, he trusts 72. Why would he do that? Why would he take something that is so awesome and entrust it to average, everyday, ordinary people? Think about this if you're, if you're some of the 72 that are going on mission. Think about it from also the perspective of Jesus. Now you send them out to where he himself is going to go. So, so they're going to go to a town, and then within a few days, a few weeks, or a few months, Jesus and his homies are going to arrive up on the scene. As Jesus arrives up on the scene, now they're going to look back on the mission, and Jesus is going to have an everyday, real-life example. Oh, to the disciples— Wait, when I was over there, this happened. When I was over here, this happened. This is, the, this is the struggle I felt over here. And now when Jesus arrives up on the scene, now he can address, he can address, he can show, he can demonstrate. It's a great way to show them the message is important. And this is how I want you to get to going. So we're going to look at the remaining verses here in Luke chapter 10. These, the rest of these verses, 2 through 16, we're going to find four things, four things that we need to understand to properly attack the mission. God is sending you and I on mission. We must attack it in the right ways. So the first thing that we're going to need, a mission, uh, a critical message necessitates mission-critical understanding. The first thing that we must understand is critical prayer. He continues on in the text when he says this. And he said to them, The harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Pray, therefore, pray, pray, pray earnestly with all of your heart to the Lord of the harvest, the Lord of the harvest, not the people of the harvest, the Lord of the harvest, to send out the laborers into the harvest. What does he refer to the people doing the work of the ministry? Laborers. So you know what that means? Ministry work is labor. God never intended it for it to be easy. It's labor. And who's going to bring the results? The God of the harvest. God is responsible for taking our labors and making something come of it. So we earnestly seek the Lord to say, God, there is a work that needs to be done. We will do our, our best in our human efforts. God, bring the harvest. The way this text is set up is it, it's almost as if because they're being sent, we're praying earnestly as we go, as we're in motion, almost saying, God, 
Use me to be part of the solution of what I am praying for. Are you prepared to pray for a harvest and be part of the solution? Let us be people of earnest prayer. Daily saying, Jesus, as many people in your kingdom, as quickly as possible, God, Lord Jesus, before you come back, more, more people. Let that be our earnest prayer. The pandemic has shown us what's really important and what is not important. Yes, there is so many things around the church that are important. Help us share a message and reach people with the kingdom of God. But last year, you know what we did? We did this thing called Love One, Love All, where we, where we set out to, to, to give out 100,000 of these God Loves You cards. We were going to do 100,000 acts of kindness and give out a card with every single one so that people would get the message through our kindness and our words that God loves them and so do we. That was last year. How important would that have been this year? The pandemic has shown us that there's probably no more important time to do something like this than the here and the now. So when I think about Tom's River and 100,000 people in our community and only 8% are involved in church life, there's a harvest, isn't there? Waiting. So I'm going to pray right now. And if you will join me in prayer, might you join me in prayer to say, God, I'm willing to be part of the solution. God, right now, I'm speaking to an online community. Father, I pray that this, all of this, all the work that goes into a talk like this, the, the work that goes in behind the scenes, Father, the, the, the message itself, Father, is, is, is not of a human. Father, it is of you. And so there is power behind the message because of the God behind the message. So Father, right now, I know that there are men and women who will hear this and say to heck with God, I'm good with whatever outcome comes my way. God, I pity them. And Father, there are men and women there where their heart does not break for the unchurched, for the unreached. Father, might we break and might we be part of the solution and may we get to going. In your name, amen. A critical message necessitates a mission-critical understanding how we get to going. So we're going to know, we're going to have mission-critical prayer. We're going to need mission-critical now empowerment. He says this, go. Go your way. Behold, I am sending you out as lambs. Ooh, powerful lambs. Bah. In the midst of what? Wolves. We are lambs in the midst of wolves. Carry no money. What? Nothing to protect her? Carry no money bag, no knapsack, no sandals, and greet no one on the road. What? Like we're lambs going out before, before wolves? Like that's dangerous. Shouldn't we bring some protection? No, Jesus is, is sending us out not to a safe house, but to, to wolves. We're going without supplies. And, and when we're not greeting anybody along the way, Jesus is communicating, do this with a sense of urgency. I will be your God. I will protect you. The word go here is the same word that is used later on in the Gospel of Matthew, where Jesus is speaking as he goes up into heaven. And what we know is the Great Commission, where he says, go, go into all the world. Teaching, baptizing, commanding. And what he says at the end of there, and lo, I will be with you always. We go without supplies. 
Why? Because we have the power of the Holy Spirit for men and women of faith living up inside of us. The presence of God is inside of us. Audubon.org did a study. They did a 35-year study of birds, 19 species, different types of songbirds. And and this 35-year study was to look at a handful of things in regards to the nest. And what they found within the nest, uh, they looked at a handful of things, but two of the things they found uh, were that birds, these songbirds, were sending out their baby chicks, if you will, their babies, uh, out of the nest anywhere from nine to 22 days. There was a range on the earliest nine days uh, as, and as long as 22 days, depending on uh, oh, the 19 different types of birds. And, and what they found is one of the reasons of why the birds were getting sent out at different times was the presence of evil. When there were predators around them, they were getting sent out earlier because they needed to learn to fly. They needed to learn to get away. If they did not learn how to fly, the predators would come and pluck them up out of the nest. So when there was danger, they got kicked out of the nest earlier because danger necessitates learn to fly now. You and I live in a broken, fallen world. There is danger. The, 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 the God of this world, the, 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 the person that has a, an element of control that has been given by God, the, the real-life enemy in our world says that we live amongst a dangerous world as Christians. God is not calling us to huddle up here. He's kicking us out of the nest to learn to fly in the midst of wolves. Why? Because he knows he sends us in the power of the Holy Spirit. The presence of God lives inside of us. What more do we need? If we have the very presence of God, what more do we need? Do you, do you, have, you, have, you, don't, you can't remember things? You have, you have a tough memory? Guess what? The Holy Spirit can bring to mind things you don't even know that you know. The Holy Spirit can pull things from way back in their day that you had forgotten about, but just at the right time, the Holy Spirit brings it to memory. You don't know any non-Christians? Well, then pray for one. Pray for your lost friends, and I guarantee you, the Holy Spirit that lives inside of you wants to use you for mission. You're afraid. I can't go on mission. I can't leave the nest. I might get a tough question. Yeah. You might. Do you know a single person on planet Earth that can answer every single one of your questions? We don't expect that of people. What we expect and respect is somebody that's going to go get the answer and come back to us with all integrity. The Holy Spirit lives inside us. We don't have to have every single answer. But we go to the one who does, and we bring it to the people that need it. A mission critical. A critical message necessitates a mission critical understanding. We're going to have mission-critical prayer. We're going to have mission-critical empowerment. We're going to need to understand mission-critical process. Here's where it goes on, on in the text. He says, Jesus says this. Whatever house you enter, first say, peace be with the peace of the house. And if a son of peace is there, uh, your peace will rest upon him. But if not, if not, because we're going to get rejected, uh, it will return to you. But remain at the same house, eating and drinking whatever they provide, for the laborer deserves his wages. Do not go from house to house, wherever you enter a town, and they receive you. Eat what is set before you. Learn to be content. Heal the sick 
in it and say to them, the kingdom, here's the message, the kingdom of God has come near to you. We bring a message that brings the kingdom of God near to people. Jesus is saying, cast out this message, share this message, and how the message bounces off of people will tell you the type of person that you are, that you are dealing with. If you share a message of peace and you receive nothing but hostility back, you know whom you are dealing with and when to simply move on. As part of the process we learn here that it's, a not, it's not about what we are going to get from doing this, but it's about what we're going to give the message. Yet at the same time, as we go, Jesus meets our needs. What I see in this passage is that the, the people going have their needs met, but we're not to take advantage of that. We're to learn to be content, not greedy, because this is really all about the message. Share the message. Go about the process. Preach the kingdom of God is near. It's not you or I that determine the message. God has determined the message. And so we share that. And rest assured that we will receive, uh, we, will, we will experience hostility. And so we learn to keep moving. Now it is Thursday of filming. I have a cornhole tournament that I am going to win on Saturday. It is something that we are doing as a church. We have asked our people... Invite your ones. The people that you know that are maybe uh, haven't been to church in a while, haven't been experiencing church or, do, or need an element of hope, maybe invite them out so that we can start building that relationship with them. And so for me, uh, I, went to, I went to three different people and I was either ghosted or told, no, I have something else. And I was like, man, like, I got, I'm the pastor and I got nothing. And then I was like, you know what, no, like, what about, what about my buddy? And I remember the guy uh, when I was, well, I used to sit at Cafe Enigma back in the day, uh, a guy that would come in and I got to, you know, talk with a lot and we'd give him coffee sometimes and whatnot. Like, and we just built up a good relationship. We connected on Facebook. I was like, I'm going to message him. And, uh, and so I messaged him. He was like, yeah, like, I'll do that. That sounds fun. Let's, let's do it. And, uh, and so, so we're doing it. And by the time you see this, we will have won the tournament. And, uh, and so now we're champions. And, uh, and so that's great. And what was cool about it is, I got a no, I got a no, I got a no, and then I got a yes. And after this yes, then he messages me two days later and says, hey, I got a whole bunch of people interested in doing this. And so I was like, hey, what's the form? And, and then he went on, he unknowingly went on mission with us. This is why we pray for one. This is why when, we, when Jesus tells that parable about 99 sheep, uh, here in the sheepfold, but one of his sheep, the hundredth sheep, has gone off. He is lost. That you leave the 99, you go after the one, you go on that search and rescue mission to bring the one back, to bring the one back to what is good and what is safe. You and I are going on mission, and we do so by praying for one, praying for people that we know that do not know Jesus. Why? Because it's simple. Pray for one is simple. It is, simplicity is something we value. Keep it simple at the end. You can do this right away. When you say yes to Jesus, you can start praying for people that, you do not, that do not know Jesus. You're relentless in prayer. You're relentless in love. You're relentless in your efforts. When? Right away. So if you don't have a copy of this book, I should have told Jordan this ahead of time, but go ahead and email us, info at wellspring.one, info at wellspring.one. And Jordan, you're finding about, out about this now, uh, but Jordan will gladly send you one of these books uh, while I am on vacation. <laughs> Sorry, but seriously, you can uh, info at wellspring.one and we'll get you one of those books. 
So a, a, a critical message necessitates a mission-critical understanding. We need to understand prayer, empowerment, process, and lastly, heart. He, he says this. He goes on to this, this long passage that says, but whenever you enter a town and they do not receive you, go into the streets and say, even the dust of your town that clings to our feet, we wipe off against you. Never, nevertheless, know this, that the kingdom of God has come near. You, no matter what you want to say, no matter your opinion, no matter your rejection, this is going to come true. I tell you, it will be more bearable on that day for Sodom than for that town. Woe to you, Corzan. Woe to you, Bethsaida. For if the mighty works done in you had been done in Tyre or Sidon, uh, they would have uh, repented long ago, sitting in sackcloth and ashes. But it, it will be more bearable in, in the judgment of Tyre and Sidon than for you. And you, Capernaum, will you be exalted to heaven? You shall be brought down to Hades. The one who hears, you hears me. The one who rejects you, rejects me. The one who hears you says yes to Jesus, not you, to Jesus. The one who rejects you rejects not you, but Jesus. And the one who rejects me rejects him who sent me. Woe in the Greek is this, is this mournful pain. It's a word that would be used uh, at a funeral. It, it brings about in it, in, in, like this, this inexpressible sadness. And, and a Greek person would hear this and not say it as we're accustomed to say Woe to you! Woe to you! That's not how Jesus is saying. The modern day Hebrew person would hear, Whoa. They, they would hear sadness. They would hear a heart that is breaking. They would hear this, there is judgment coming. Flee the burning building. What we know here is that, that if you cannot speak plainly about someone's soul, if I don't care about the condition of your soul, I can't claim to be your friend. I am your enemy. To tell somebody about the condition of their soul is to make you a friend, somebody that deeply cares. The message is good. But to know the good message, you have to know the reality of bad news. You have to understand the bad news. Good news is you and I can escape judgment through faith in Jesus Christ. So preach it boldly. Why? Because we love our community and we don't want them to experience God's judgment. What starts with rejection as God nurtures the soil, as God brings about the message, it might sincerely end in a person saying yes to Jesus and coming to faith. Jesus is not playing the role of a politician. He's not trying to gain votes. If he's trying to gain votes, he doesn't speak like this. But since he speaks as Messiah, he's determined to free people from bondage. He's trying not to win their votes, but he's trying to win their hearts. And so he says, whoa, whoa, whoa. I have, I have six different pray for ones, people that I pray for every single day. And there is an element in my heart that determines how I pray for them. I have, I have a group that I'm praying for that I'm really praying for maybe family members to reach in. I'm, I'm, I'm praying for them for their salvation, but I'm praying that God might use different family members to align and, and, and they work the message that way. There's others that I'm just praying for their, their general openness. There's, there's, there's two individuals that I pray for every single day that they would actually hit rock bottom. 
because they don't see it, but, they're, but the life that they're building is a house of cards, and I'm praying that the house of cards would come crumbling down, that God might position me to speak hope into their lives and build it back up on the foundation of Jesus Christ. But then there are two, two individuals that have gripped my heart and my daily pray for one prayers for them are that of God, please. I can't bear the thought of eternity without them. I care for them. There is a sense of brokenness as I pray for them. There's a sense where I'm pleading before God. It's not true for every person I pray for. I guess that's just humanity. But for these two, they have gripped my heart. We need a true woe heart. We need the heart of a mom that is broken over their son or their daughter in the grip of an addiction, saying, please, 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 I know how this ends. They're broken and they're sad. Rejection should make us not mad. It should make us sad. It should break us. It's in a spirit of brokenness that should drive us to a place of mission. There is a very real outcome for your life. It breaks me. It's what drives me in this mission that we call Wellspring Church. We exist to ignite a craving for Jesus by relentlessly loving our community. Without dying with that craving, that faith in Jesus Christ, there is a very real outcome for your life. And so I plead with you in the here and the now, consider Jesus. Consider Jesus. Here's what we've said today. A critical message necessitates a mission-critical understanding. We want to understand this, and we understand prayer, we understand empowerment, we understand process, and we understand heart. We are called to be faithful. We are called to follow Jesus on mission. We're called to join him on mission. Guess what? The called on mission for God don't call the shots. I am called, but I ain't calling the shots. God calls the shots for me. I am not going to fail when I am being obedient to Jesus Christ. He's equipped me for his mission. If I go about my mission that isn't his mission, then he's not equipped me for a mission opposed to him. That mission will bring failure. If my mission is opposed to God and he's not equipped me for that mission, I will experience failure. But if I go on mission for Jesus, following him in obedience, Jesus brings success. But really, he hasn't called you or I to be successful. He's called you and I to be faithful. So don't give up. Don't burn out. Don't quit. Stay in the fight. Jesus doesn't give us a whole lot about method. He doesn't give us a whole lot about the message. He, he tells us enough. We know what we ought to do and all, what we ought to say. Sometimes, though, you and I make evangelism. Sometimes you and I make reaching the community a whole lot harder than it has to be. My God is ascending God. My God is a God of action. So are you ready to join him on the front lines? Enough with the excuses. You have the Holy Spirit living up inside of you. So go now. You're one of the 15, praise God, that said yes to Jesus Tuesday night at our youth event. Go on mission now. Because you know what? I've been on King Daka. I can tell you, hey, go on King Daka. Go to Six Flags and go on that roller coaster. You're going to be like, oh, man, maybe. But when you're at Six Flags, 
and you see somebody that just got off the ride and they're like, that was crazy. That was awesome. It was worth it. You're probably going to get into the line. Why? Because that person just got off the ride and is speaking about the ride. You just said yes to Jesus. Share your excitement with others. Share the rush that you are experiencing. Do it now. So my challenge to you and I this week is kindness with the card. Now this is a challenge we've made before. This is a challenge that Graham did a few weeks ago. But if we're not willing to do this, are we really laboring for the ministry? Are we really on mission? Here's, here's what you can do. You can go to the well, and you can get one of these cards. They have cards there. You can grab them from the well. If you're here uh, at one of our Sunday morning experiences, uh, 9 a.m. on a Sunday morning live, you can grab one of these cards. Now, I'm not trying to push the well, but that's one of the places you can get it. But for me, the well has, has one of the reasons we purchased it, purchased it is so that it would be a front door to the community. So what I do is I spend a lot of time uh, at the well, and I earn points. There's a point system. I have two, currently, I have 200 points to the well. That's about $20 of free crap at the well. So the habit that I've started taking up is that I use my points to pay it forward. I go into the well, I buy four drinks or so, and I give the barista four God loves you cards, and then whether it's not when I'm there or whether it's after me, whatever it might be, they're giving out four free drinks to a person with this very simple message, God loves you and so do we. If it sparks up a conversation, great. If not, God willing, my prayer is that they're going to check out this website, www.thewhy.one, and they're going to hear the gospel. There's a video there. There's an explanation of the gospel. We pray that this opens up conversations. But no matter what, we're going to do whatever it takes to reach that no one else is reaching. We're going to do anything short of sin to reach people. The kindness of the Lord led you to repentance. repentance. Might we pay it forward with kindness to show others and display the kindness of Jesus? Would you pray with me? God, I thank you for this experience, this online experience, Father. And I pray, Father, for this challenge, kindness with a card. Father, I want to lead a people excited to go on mission. Excited to, to have a cornhole tournament where it might spark conversation. It might be bigger than just throwing some bags across the parking lot. Father, might there be people from, from the cornhole tournament right now that have been confronted that their life has a very real outcome. Might they themselves pray something like this. Jesus, I am sorry. My sin deserves wrath, and you died for me. You took the wrath of God in my place. I don't have all the answers, but I know enough today to put my faith in you, to put my trust in you, and I'm doing that. Help me to live as you have called me to live. And Father, for the others here on this experience, praying right now with me, that know you as Lord and Savior, would our love for you drive us to mission? Would we be people of prayer? Would we be people that understand the Holy Spirit living up inside of us? Would we be people of a process? Would we be people of a heart that breaks for what truly breaks your heart?
Jesus, we love you. And we continue to give you our lives. In your name. Thank you for checking out a sermon recorded right here at Wellspring Church in Toms River. If it's your first time connecting with us, we'd love to stay connected with you. So don't forget to like and subscribe to this video. And then down in the description box below, there's ways to give online. There's our social media accounts. We'd love to stay connected with you throughout the week. We love and appreciate you. And we hope you have a fantastic week.